Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living For Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living For Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living For Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep things simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear about Jesus, because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos is Jesus. The more we desire him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it is to live more simply. Today I wanted to talk about just opening up your door for hospitality and how that looks when you're trying to live simple and how to get rid of all those distractions that are telling you not to open up your door. I posted on Instagram recently about how we had about mm, like over 50 teenagers at my house last weekend and what a blessing it was. And so many people had written to me afterwards saying, I want to do this. I want to be able to use my home for hospitality. How do I start? How can I be motivated? So I thought, Let's podcast about it this week. So before I start, let me just thank our podcast sponsor, Apologia. Apologia is a Christian homeschool publishing company, but they have resources even if you are not a homeschooler. They have tons of resources for the Christian family. I'd love for you to check them out at Apologia.com. Right now they have a digital catalog available with lots of great features to check out all the wonderful products that they offer. So please go check them out at Apologia.com. So like I said, today I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, just opening up your door and hospitality and really, you know, I'll keep with the theme that I keep with all the time lately here on Simply Living for Him is focusing on the eternals and not the externals and how that applies to having folks over your home and using your home for good and not focusing on do I have the perfect decor Do I have a big enough house? Do I have the perfect dishes or um, perfect recipes or perfect tableware, tablecloth, whatever it is, you know, kitchen? Do not wait for your home to be perfect. Do not wait to have any Pinterest worthy anything to invite friends over. Focus on the eternals, building relationships um, and using your home for eternals rather than you know, looking at the things that you can do in your home. I talked about this. If you go in the archives, and I'll link it on this podcast, I talked about this a while back, hospitality versus entertaining. And so I'll touch on that real quick. Hospitality is opening up your home for other folks and saying, what can I do for you? It's an act of service. It's opening up your home so you can serve others. Entertaining, which is what our culture is pretty steeped in these days, is a little bit different, I feel, from hospitality because entertaining is saying, look what I can do. Look at my wonderful decor. Look at my beautiful tablescape. Look at my Pinterest worthy recipe. And so hospitality says, what can I do for you? And entertaining says, look what I can do. So there's a little bit of a difference. And we don't want to be just entertaining. We want to be practicing hospitality. And so you can check out that um, that podcast episode for some more Uh, inspiration. But I wanted to talk about today, you know, I said last week we had all these folks over our house. um, And we, quite frankly, this summer, we have on our calendar already four big events at our house, like, you know, 50 people or more. And 
I love it. That to me is wonderful. I wasn't always this way though. Like that used to stress me out that the thought of that would be, you know, very overwhelming and, and daunting. But since we moved out here to our little hobby farm life and we've been given this beautiful gift of this beautiful property, we have really, um, you know, prayed about how we could use this gift of this home and this property for the Lord. And so we all have different types of homes. We all have big homes, small homes, you know, apartments, whatever it is. So we're going to talk about that. You know, people have written to me and said, I want to be able to open up my home, but I just don't have room. So we will talk about that. We're going to talk about all those different things today. You know what? I wanted to just start off with also a story of faith before I even get into all the details of hospitality. I wanted to just talk to you really quick about this story of faith. Um, most of you know, because I haven't podcasted since Denver, or I did, but we had a special guest last week. So I didn't personally chat with you guys. But um, I wanted to share this little story of faith before we even get into it, because maybe somehow we can tie this story of faith into just letting God take over. Um, and he has a purpose for everything. Last week I was, or two weeks ago now, I was speaking in Denver, um, Colorado for Teach Them Diligently Convention. And it was the first time that I was leaving my children behind without Steve or me in charge. So I've traveled other times and left them, but Steve was always here. This was the first time that Steve and I traveled together um, for any, you know, any overnight. And this time we were not just going overnight. We were going overnight for three nights across the country. So it was sort of a big deal. We had never traveled alone since our honeymoon 19 years ago because, you know, quite frankly, we had our honeymoon. We had gotten married, had our honeymoon, and a year later, Grace was born. Once we had kids, we never wanted to leave them. So this was the first time <clears throat> that we were leaving them. Now, Grace is 18 and the kids are very capable, but it was a little hard to actually leave them when the time came. And so the morning we were to get on the plane, I went into complete panic mode and I was literally shaking in the airport. My lips were quivering. I was shivering. Like I couldn't, um, stop shaking. And I said to Steve, as we were boarding the plane, you know, you're online, you're checking in, you're going down that little ramp uh, at the gate to the plane. And I'm telling Steve, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do it. I actually can't do it. I'm, I'm not doing it. And I stop. I'm standing there on the gate, the ramp, and I stop. And I look at him, lips quivering, and I say, I'm not doing it. I'm not going. Because I had already had a whole thing made up in my head. I'll tell you what. I was sitting there thinking in the, in the gate, how can I get out of this? Okay, I'll just have to tell, you know, the convention that I'm not coming. I'm sorry it's last minute, but I'm not coming. And I'm thinking, you know, that that's okay. And I know that's not. I have a commitment there. But in the moment, I'm just like, I'm just going to have to tell them I'm not going. Like, my kids are more important. And then I started to think, and who's going to miss me anyway? It's not like anyone is there to see Karen DeBuse speaking. And no one's going to even notice that I'm off the schedule. And those were my true actual thoughts that... I'm not going, no one's going to care, and it's okay to back out at the last second. And I'm thinking, well, if, you know, if um, I don't go, you know, that's just the way it is. No one will notice. And so I had this whole scenario planned in my head. And Steve looks at me as I'm standing there, and I say I'm not going, and I stop on the on the ramp. And he goes, all right, 
that's fine. And he turns around and he goes, but I'm going. And he keeps walking to the plane. And so now I'm like, well, don't leave me here. So, you know, I start walking with him to the plane. And I'll tell you, my foot felt about a thousand pounds to get it over that little threshold from the ramp onto the plane. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. So I did it. I got on the plane. We take off. I'm still really upset. I'm nervous. I'm actually um, texting my daughter at home saying, am I a bad mother for leaving you all? And, you know, I'm just feeling awful. And I start to fall asleep and I wake up like I had just started to fall asleep and then I got startled awake and I wake up and I start to think, oh my goodness, I'm in the air at 30,000 feet and my kids are all the way back there on the ground and I literally can't get to them right now if I needed to, if there was an emergency. I am helpless. There is nothing I can do. And I start to panic. I start to have like that kind of a panic attack where you feel like you can't breathe, you're drowning. That's how I always describe when I get into a panic, like I'm drowning. And... um. I I just close my eyes and I start to pray because I'm thinking, Lord, I can't go through this the whole weekend. There's no turning back. I'm on this plane and I I can't have this panic while I'm in Colorado. Like I'm going there for ministry. I have a purpose there. I believe that God has a purpose for me there. And I don't want this panic to overtake me. And so I stopped and I just started to pray like, Lord, please take over. Please take over. And he did. From that moment on, I can't even explain it, but I felt like he put me in a little protective bubble. I felt like the entire weekend was just, I had so much peace about being away. I wasn't worried about my kids. I mean, of course I missed them and I, you know, thought about them. But once I was there, there was even a tornado warning at home that I found out about that didn't even send me into a panic. Like I was just calm. I was just like, okay, you guys are in the basement. Great. You know, like very out of character for me to not be panicked and to not be worried. And we had an amazing event and amazing trip and all that. So anyway, all that is to say that I truly believe God took over in my fear and gave me the faith that I could not have on my own. And then this is the moral of the story. We come home and a couple of days after um, an attendee had sent me an email because I guess I had posted on social media at that point how I almost didn't get on the plane. And she um, sent me an email and she said, I'm so glad that you got on that plane because she said, quite frankly, we came all the way from Louisiana just to hear you speak. And I would have been very upset if my husband and I flew in and you weren't there. And isn't that amazing? Because I had the very thought leaving that no one's going to notice if I'm not there. No one's coming just to see me. And, you know, so the moral isn't like, oh, people come to see me. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that God used that very detail to speak to me and say, you know, look, I'm answering you and I'm showing you that you do have a purpose and you can be afraid and you can have, you know, fear, but give it to me. I'll take it away and watch what I can do. You know, I will take over. And he literally took over that weekend. I literally did not have fear, like almost like you know, Steve was just like, yeah, I mean, he noticed. He was like, this is so not like you. I'm like, it's all God. It's all God. So I would encourage you with that story as we start to talk about opening up your home to, if that's something, because some people are very fearful, right? If you have that fear, but you really feel that God is calling you to open up your door for whatever reason, 
then do it and let God take over. Like this is all about him and not about us. It's not about what we can do. Just like me going to that convention to speak. That is not about look at me and look what I can do. It's about look at God and look what he wants to do through me. And I believe he wants to do great things through us, whether it's in our home or out there at Denver, Colorado, right? And so he wants to do things through us right here in our homes, whether it's a little apartment, whether it's a giant man whether it's a farm, whether it's a house in suburbia. He wants to do things through you because he has put you in that situation for a purpose. He has given you the home he has given you for a purpose. Now, many years ago, before we moved into our little hobby farm out here in the country, we lived in a just normal everyday house in a little development, you know, maybe a 30-year-old house and a 30-year-old development of homes, you know, nothing fancy, just a regular old house. And, um, I do have to say, we did not have a large kitchen. We have like one of those little galley kitchens. And so, you know, we always desired to be the home where our friends could come over, where our kids could have their friends over. And we started to host these, what we called Bible studies back then, because we did start out doing Bible studies. But then they came to be just known as family nights, because we didn't always do Bible studies, but we would just get families together um, as fellowship time. And we always usually had worship time. Our kids are all involved in music. So that was always fun watching them um, lead us in worship. So we started to do these once a month. And, you know, we may do, we had, we would have, you know, when you have three homeschooling families over, you have like 40 people because (laughs) a lot of us have larger, a lot of my friends had larger families. So we would always have like, you know, these family nights, you know, all are welcome, come on by. And we didn't have a lot of space, but God always provided, you know, it was crowded. You couldn't necessarily hang out in the kitchen when you got 40 people in a galley kitchen and we usually had to take like turns even getting our food we'd like serve the kids first and then we'd go in shifts like just to get the food because we didn't have a lot of room but it worked it made you know we made do but we used to pray and say lord if we could have a larger place not for us as a showpiece for our home but as a place that we could gather and have um, friends over. We would love that. And, you know, we also are always praying for that little hobby farm life. We wanted to give our our um, kids the opportunities of the lifestyle of growing up on little farm life. And so he answered that prayer and he gave us Love's Farm almost five years ago now. And, um, you know, we're so thrilled. But we knew when we bought this house that we wanted to use it to give back to God and that we would use it. Um, there's beautiful property. There's tons of space for outdoors, you know, having friends over. And we wanted to be able to use that to give back. And so um, our shift came from, you know, when I first got married, I was very concerned with how things looked. And believe me, we got married young, right out of college, had a baby right out of college. We had no money. And so, you know, I always used to have to, you know, try to do everything I could on a budget. But I think my focus back then was a lot more on me and look at me and how I can entertain. And it wasn't on hospitality. And so my shift 
Um, my thinking has definitely shifted over the years as my walk with the Lord has grown. And as I've seen, this life isn't about me. This life is all about him. This isn't about what I can do, but what he wants to do through me. And so my shift has gone from, I remember the first year I hosted Thanksgiving being a married woman. All I cared about was the table setting and the place settings and the, you know, linens on the table and the perfect recipes and all that stuff. And boy, has my shift, uh, my mind shifted over the years because now I'm like, let's just keep it simple. I don't want to be focused on all that stuff. I want to be focused on the people around the table rather than what the table looks like. And I always say this, and this is really the gist of just opening up your door and starting to um, host people in your home, is that I would rather people come to my home and feel the love of Jesus and say, boy, that family or that home is filled with Jesus than to leave my home and say, boy, Karen had a great table setting or Karen has the most creative recipes or the most creative decor. Who cares, right? Because those things in the end don't mean a thing if they're not um, saturated in Jesus, right? So I always say I would rather people come to my home and feel the love of Jesus than anything else because you might have people that come to your home that don't even know Jesus. I want my home to be a place where people will feel the love of God. And that's where the name Love's Farm partially comes from, right? This is a place where we want people to know the love of God. And when you keep that at the forefront of your mind, that is your motivation. So people have emailed me, how can I be motivated to have people over? Or, you know, I want to do that. I want to be missional with my home. How do I do that? Number one step, keep at the forefront of your mind that you want to show the love of Jesus. Because then it's it's just like with Simply Living for Him, where I say, you know, you keep your eyes on Jesus and everything else kind of fades away, all the little distractions. It's the same thing with having people over your home. When you're focusing on your priority is to show people the love of God in your home, all of a sudden, it doesn't really care if your plates all match. It doesn't really care if your silverware all matches. It doesn't really care if your recipes are perfect because you can show the love of God over, you know, Chips Ahoy cookies just as much as you can over perfectly baked homemade recipes. And it's not always about the stuff. It's about how you make people feel in your home. One of the other things when I have people in my home is, you know, I like I said, I don't want it to be focused on the stuff. You know, people always say, what can I bring? And I'm like, you bring whatever you can. Bring what's in your cupboards if you happen to have something. If you don't, you don't. Like, we're not stressing about it, you know. Please don't slave over a Pinterest per- perfect recipe. Please don't, you know, go out of your way to shop for specific ingredients if you don't have them already. Certainly, if somebody wants to bring something like that, it makes them, it gives them joy to bring something that, like, you know, their favorite recipe, of course. But I never want somebody feel, to feel stressed out about coming to my home because, you know, that's the last thing I would want someone to feel is stress over coming to my home for a gathering. So I always say, if you want to bring something, just bring whatever you have. Like, it's not a big deal. And I always say, too, we have, you know, when we have company, it's usually a large scale of company because, like I said, most of our friends have big families. And sometimes, you know, as as um, somebody with an Italian mother, I can often stress about not having enough food, you know, and Steve always laughs because we always have tons. But 
you know, there are times where I do stress out. Oh my goodness, what am I thinking? We're having like 40 people over. Am I going to have enough food? And you know, we've learned to say, well, if we run out of food, we'll order pizza. Like, (laughs) it's not about the food. I want people to come over my home because they want to build relationships. They want to laugh. They want to have fun. Maybe they want to pray. They just want to build relationships, not because they care so much about what they're getting fed, right? And so, and quite frankly, when I go to somebody's house, I I feel much more comfortable when everything isn't Pinterest perfect. Don't you, right? It's like, oh, I can breathe. And it's the same thing when I have folks over and it's like, oh, you know, let's wash the dishes. Let's clean up. I'm just like, leave it. We'll do it after everybody leaves. I I do not want to spend the whole time in the kitchen fussing over everything. I want to spend time with my guests and fellowshipping. So we've used our home for many different things over the years. Um, Like I said, family nights is a big thing for us, Um, having lots of families over and, you know, I used to just post on Facebook, all are welcome, we're having our home, you know, say we're going to have nice weather Friday night, come on over for, you know, lawn games, we always have, you know, badminton out there, and they love to play ultimate frisbee and all those kind of lawn games, come on over for games, you know, we'll order pizza if it gets to be, like I said, too many people or whatever, or I can make pizza quite easily and quite economically, Um, so it's like, you know, come on over and, um, just have fellowship. And so we've done that. We've done family nights um, quite often. And I've also used my home. Actually, in fact, the day I'm recording this today, I'm actually using this my home for this very thing today. Um, prayer times. I've often had, this is what actually started my Simply Living for Him retreat many years ago, was that I was hosting one summer ladies prayer times at my home. Again, it wasn't about who's bringing the perfect cookie and who's, and if I'm serving the perfect cake, come on over for simple coffee, you know, maybe some treats that I have around or, you know, I'll make something real quick, but it's not about that. Like the purpose is not about that. And it just puts people at ease, right? When you know that the purpose is not to be like showy and entertaining. And so I would have these prayer times and I would say all are welcome. And I would actually put on my calendar or on my Facebook um, every week, I would say Wednesdays at two o'clock, my home is open for prayer. Anybody who wants to come, come. You don't have to RSVP, just show up. I'll be praying at 2 o'clock. If no one shows up, I'll still be praying. If 10 people show up, then great. And I did that for an entire summer, and it was an amazing blessing. And I actually started the Simply Living for Him retreat after that because I just loved the fellowship that happened that summer when I opened up my door to um, women coming over every week and Many different women would come like some weeks I would have none some weeks sometimes I only had one and you know what I would always see like the God just wanted it to be just that one on one time that week Um, and some weeks I had you know six eight women and I would be like wow these six to eight women came from all different areas of my life but because they came for this one common reason prayer we all just like um, fellowship like in a beautiful way we were able to share with each other and pray with each other and so anyway that's how the simply living for him retreat got started because I was like I want to do this on a bigger scale and the thing I want to say about that <clears throat> the summer that I did the um, prayer time Satan does not like it right when we open up our home and we want to um, 
and we want to uh, show people the love of God or we want to pray together. So every single week, and this is what I would tell you, if you're planning on trying to open up your home for families, for prayer, you know, one-on-one time, you can just open up your home for one person. Um, We'll talk about all that in a little bit, um, you know, different ways to open up your home. But one thing I want to say is no matter what, if you're opening up your home, um, you're going to the day of say, I don't feel like it. This still happens to me. You wake up and you're like, oh, I I wish I didn't really invite everybody over at two o'clock for prayer time. Hmm, how can I, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just tell them I'm not feeling well. I have a headache. I'm just tired. I can't do it today. Maybe I'll just reschedule. Maybe I'll just postpone. We're not doing it this week. We'll do it next week. Every single time it happened to me. So I'm going to keep that real and tell you that because... I believe that the enemy is always trying to stop us from doing things, but I would always push through. This is kind of like me getting on that plane, that lead foot crossing over from the gate onto the plane and saying, God, take over. You might have to do that when you're having folks over because it might sound like a good idea and you're happy about it up until the day of the hour before you're going to be like, oh, feeling a little nervous, feeling a little stressed, you know, and I kind of just don't feel like it. Well, That's when you say, like I did on that plane, Lord, just take over. Use this time for your glory. And take me out of the equation and how I feel about this right now and take over. And he will. He absolutely will. So I used to do that. And every single time when it was over, I would be like, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad I didn't cancel because it would be the most amazing time of fellowship or a beautiful time of prayer And I would see how God worked through that time. But be on guard. Every single time you're going to want to cancel, but you'll have to give it over to God and say, Lord, I want to open up my home for the purpose of showing God's love, for building relationships, for fellowship. And watch what he does when you give that time over to him and take yourself out of the equation. Don't worry about if everything is perfect. Because I, like I said, I think quite frankly, people enjoy going over someone's house when it isn't perfect. Because they're like, oh, I can breathe. I'm not the only one. Like I personally feel better when I go over someone's house and it's comfortable, right? So the number one thing you want to do is show people the love of God in your house and also make them feel comfortable. So think about that for yourself. How do you feel comfortable when you go to someone else's house? Do you feel comfortable when you see everything is just perfect and just so? No, usually you're like, oh, bummer. I feel like (laughs) I can't live up to that, right? But you want to be down to earth and comfortable. So you want to make people feel that way. So keep that in mind. How do you feel comfortable when you go to someone's house? And then that's what you can do when you have people over. And it's okay if everything isn't perfectly neat. Like I said, most people will like let out a sigh of relief. Oh, everything isn't perfect here, you know? And that's where people tend to let their guard down. So ideas for having people over, whether you have a studio apartment all the way up to a you know um, mansion or whatever it is you can have just one friend over one person over can make all the difference because never underestimate the power of showing God's love to just one person imagine that you and that one person 
are able to connect, to grow spiritually, whatever it is. And that one person then takes that out into the world and shares that with others, right? So don't underestimate, you know, people say to me, oh, my house is small. I can't do the things that you do. You have 50 teens over. So don't have one. Start with one. Hey, you know what else you can do? It doesn't even always have to be in your home. Meet up with friends at a park where there is room to spend that fellowship time, right? Be the one to organize it. That can be your hospitality. Maybe you can't do it in your home. Organize it at a, at a park. Say, hey, let's. it's summertime now. Hey, let's get together at that park and barbecue and picnic. Think out of the box. If you can't have 50 teens over, then God has not um, put you in that position, but he has put you in the position to love just one person or to love people in another location. And so just, you know, keep in mind the point. The point is that we want to show the love of God and we want to um, connect with other people and build relationships, focusing on the eternals and not the externals. And um, other ideas. So if you're in a small place, you can start with just one person. Honestly, having one person like over and say it becomes like a habit like let's do you know get together every Monday or let's get together you know whatever it is every Thursday for coffee that can be huge there was a time in my life where I got together with the same two women every single week and our kids would play and we would pray that was a huge time in uh, of growth in my life now I was just getting together with two women you know a week and the impact that those two women made on me and the impact I think then because of my spiritual growth uh, that has now impacted others is huge. So it's not necessarily the quantity of people that you're having over. Do not let that stop you from practicing hospitality, from opening up your door. Hospitality doesn't have to be in large numbers. In fact, the most meaningful hospitality can be to just one person. So you can have... Um, friends over, you know, ladies over, maybe it's you and your husband want to get together with another couple and you want to make that a priority. Like, you know, every Saturday night we're going to have pizza with this other couple. Again, let's not make it a big, crazy, you know, type of dinner where you're going to stress and fuss about, you know, grocery shopping and recipes and all that stuff. You have pizza night or say, you know what, you bring your supper and we're going to have ours and we're going to hang out together. Like take the pressure off because our culture is quite frankly, too focused on first world problems, right? And the, um, the how things look and the recipes and all that. And all that is fun if that's your thing. But we're talking today about ministry in the home, opening up your home and hospitality. We're not talking about um, a recipe contest or a decor contest, right? So those things are not really the focus. We're focusing on the heart stuff as we always do here at Simply Living for Him, right? We focus on the heart. And so um, you can have another couple over your home. Like I said, it doesn't have to be every week. It could be twice a month. It could be once a month. It could be every four months, whatever it is, right? But you have this other couple. Maybe you switch homes. Maybe it's in your home once and their home once. The purpose is for hospitality in serving each other, growing together 
with each other. Beautiful things happen when friends pray together. That's why I said today we're actually having this afternoon in my home uh, women's prayer time. Uh, my daughter's graduating next week, and I invited the moms of the senior class over for prayer time because I think it would be a beautiful thing for us to pray together over the graduates and over our families, and um, we'll see how that goes. I am serving coffee and tea, and we have some beautiful treats left over from our, you know, gathering this past weekend at our home. And that's it, because really the focus is on the prayer, not on look at Karen's home and look at Karen's desserts. It's the focus is on prayer. So that's the beauty of hospitality, that the beautiful things that come out are not at all um, the tangibles. They're not the desserts. They're not the treats. They're not the home. They're not the decor. They are on the people. That's the beauty of hospitality. So you can um, get together, whether, like I said, it's one person, whether it's with a couple, or you can do something, like we said, with families, um, where we would get together with families. We used to do it every single month. Um, Now it's more of we do it when we can, you know, like this week alone. We have so many things scheduled, and we have a lot of, like I said, big gatherings taking place at our house this summer. And the other day, my daughter's like, Mom, we really haven't had a family night, and I'm going off to college, and August we need to have one I'm like you know let's throw one on the calendar this week and so you know you just put it out there whoever can come come and God will do uh, God will bless your time together no matter what it is so when um, people wrote to me this week and they were saying you know I want to do that I want to be able to use my home the first thing that and they want advice so that's why I was doing this podcast the first thing is to also pray about that say God how do you want it to look for me right because just because Karen DeBuse posted on her Simple Living for Him page that she had 50 teens over doesn't mean that's how God wants it to look for you, right? How does God want it to look for you? Does he want it to be like a one-on-one thing you have with another mom? Does he want it to be families? Does he want it to be couples? Um, you know, but being open to opening up your door um, when he is leading you. You know, so many times my daughter would say or my kids would say, I have friends over this weekend. And right as moms, a lot of times our first response is like, eh. You know, like you're sort of like, uh. but that again is Satan. You have to get past that. Don't you want your home to be the place where the kids want to hang out? Like I've always said that, but that happens. Like, let's just be honest and real. A lot of times, and, and I do desire to open up my home, but a lot of times the initial getting past that little threshold of the, the ramp to the plane, getting past that initial threshold of saying yes to opening up your door, it hurts a little bit. Sometimes you're like, eh, I just don't feel like it. I just want to have me time this weekend. Maybe I don't feel like it. I mean, I can be very introverted until I'm with people. Then all of a sudden I get my my um, energy. But it's leading up to it where I'm like, oh, I just don't feel like it. So you have to get past that. You have to say, Lord, take over. Lord, if this is what you want me to use my home for, this is how you want me to spend my time, this is how you want me to use my resources, then I want to be obedient to that. And I guarantee you, you will be so blessed. When those people are leaving your home at the end of the night, there's nothing like it. You feel that that your time together was fruitful, and um, especially when you're not focused on all the external stuff. When you're really focused on the true purpose of having people over, building relationships, growing together spiritually, and sharing the love of God. Now, I'm talking about a lot of times fellowship and having other Christians over and prayer and all that. 
But there also comes a time where you want to open up your door to those who you know maybe are not believers. That's when you really want to open up your door the most. And sometimes that's hard to do, right? You want to be with your peeps. You want to be with the people that are like you, that you're comfortable with. But once you start practicing hospitality, stretch yourself a little bit. Invite over the people in town that you maybe know, but you know that they don't go to your church or they're not um, uh, Christians or whatever it is. And God will stretch you. And imagine, imagine those people come to know the love of Jesus because you opened up your door to them. Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? I remember when I had my prayer time many years ago and I had put on Facebook, I kept putting it on Facebook saying, prayer time at my home, all are welcome, you know, just show up. And I had a woman contact me and she said, I've never been to a prayer group. Like she wasn't um, a church going person. And she said, but I just feel like, because you keep putting it up on Facebook, she said, I feel like I should come. And that was so beautiful. She got to come and experience, you know, women in prayer and to see what it looks like when the love of Jesus is present. So you just never know. But you do want, you do might, um, you might feel stretched, right? But when you start to feel stretched or stressed, that's when I told you, you have to look to God and say, God, take over. If this is how you, you know, what you want. And remember that time when you, when you invite people over and you start to feel a little bit beforehand, like, oh, I don't feel like it. Or I, you know, I just would rather not, maybe I'll cancel, maybe I'll postpone. Take the focus off yourself and what you feel like doing. Cause God doesn't always call us to be comfortable, you know? And like, it's so funny because this past weekend, so I keep uh, alluding to the fact that we had 50 teens over. And that was because my daughter was in a play this spring and after the plays they like to have a cast party and so I offered to host the cast party for the play and this turns out to be like at least 50 to 60 people um, are part of the production but God also gave us this great space you know we have this beautiful outdoor property that you can certainly host as many people as you want because we have these you know um, this land so you know, it's funny because you do that and then you say, but what if it rains? <laughs> I've got 60 people smushed in my house. You know, the inside of our house, you could probably fit the 60 people, but not comfortably. And so I just kept saying, you know, um, it will be what it will be. And, you know, God, he really does like to stretch us sometimes and stress us so that we rely on him because as the days are leading up to the party, the weather report is calling for thunderstorms. And, you know, it's always that 50-50% chance. So I'm like, well, great. Anyone could have said that, that there's a 50% chance it'll rain at any time, right? Um, it may or it may not. So leading up to it, the weather report kept saying it was going to rain and there'll be storms and possibly, and then it's possibly severe. And I'm thinking, great, I'm going to have 60 people in my basement if we have a tornado warning because we've had a lot of those lately. Um, and so the day of, it was funny, the party was starting at, uh, three o'clock and the day of the weather report said storms were starting at three o'clock well thank you very much <laughs> and I kept checking the weather report and literally the storm report kept changing first the storms were expected at three then they said four then they said 4 30 and I'm like great well at least get you know an hour and a half because the party was supposed to be from three to six I'm like well at least get an hour and a half outside and then if we're all smushed inside at least they were outside part of it well wouldn't you know that then by the time the party was over there were no storms. The storms kept getting pushed back till later and later and later in the evening. And I was like, how awesome is God? Like, 
why do we doubt him, right? And I tell you, even if it did rain, it would have worked out. It would have been fine. But what a blessing when it didn't, that we could stand there and praise God. And quite frankly, those kids, they did. They ended up, and not because of the rain, just because of being together and, and the fellowship time. But at the end of the evening, they sat around the fire pit and they worshiped God. They sang songs of praise. Um, it was just beautiful and people ended up staying until eight o'clock at night you know actually we had one guest here until probably 11 but my daughter's friends but you know we had people here later and wouldn't you know it never rained until like everyone was gone and it's just God shows you you know like like when I went to Denver just step over that threshold step over that threshold which was literally like a line in the sand of fear on one side and faith on the other step over it and just like when I came home from that trip and I got that email that said good thing you went because I came there just to see you know that and you know again not about like oh they came for me it was a confirmation because I literally had the thought well God no one's going to care if I'm there or not so I don't say that to say oh someone came to see me I say that to say look how God truly answered my prayer like by showing me the very thoughts I had that no one knew I had those thoughts right but God literally answered my prayer by showing me well it's a good thing you chose uh faith over fear it's a good thing you stepped over that line from that gate to that plane it's a good thing you step over that line from not wanting to open up your door to opening up your door because God will blow away your plans. Like you might say, well, I'll open up my door. We might have a little fun. No, you're going to see when you open up your door, the things that can happen. Relationships will build. People may see the love of God that never saw it before. Think how life-changing that is if you just share the love of God with one person who will then go share it with others. Think of the life-changing spiritual growth of families getting together, friends getting together, whatever it is. It's not about the stuff. It is not even close to about the kind of house you have. It's not even close to about the kind of decor you have, the kind of recipes you have. You can serve cheese and crackers and sit in your living room. You do not have to have a big fancy spread and share the love of God with people over those cheese and crackers. Fellowship, prayer, worship, whatever it is. In fact, we don't want it to be about the stuff. We don't want people focused on Karen has the best recipes, Karen has the best decor, right? We want them to say, I came into that house. I don't even remember what the furniture looked like. I don't even remember what I ate, but I felt the love of God. That's what it's all about. So I encourage you today, open up that door no matter where you live. If you literally cannot open up that door for one person, then take your hospitality to a location that you can and uh, fellowship with people. Show the love of God with everybody you can come in contact with. And you will see how much more blessed you will be for focusing on him 
over the external things of entertaining. Focus on hospitality. I hope this encouraged you guys out there. I know so many of you wrote to me after you saw my post about having teens here. and You said, I want that. I want that. How do I do that? How do I get motivated? So I wanted to do this podcast just for you guys. um, And hopefully this encouraged you. If you have any questions or really good stories to share about how you have opened up your door, please, please let me know. Reach out. Email me. Comment wherever you're seeing this um, or listening, I should say, to this podcast. Comment on the blog post, the Facebook page, Instagram. Um, And also, if this podcast has blessed you, please continue to rate and review it over there on iTunes or wherever you're listening because that really helps us to get the message out there of living simply for Him. So thank you again for listening. And until the next time, I wish you blessings and joy.